So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. Now, listeners, today's episode is groundbreaking for us here at Quality of Mind because we're going to try a new format. So normally the podcast will be me talking or very often with a guest. But today we have three of us. And one of my other co-presenters today is a familiar friend of the show, Katrin, who's a fellow coach in this area and also a wonderful author. But we're also joined by Emily, who I'll introduce herself in a moment, because she has bravely volunteered to come and explore with us in real time in what we call a direct inquiry. Now, we'll talk more about what that is in a moment. But firstly, Katrin and Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> well, you are more than welcome. I'm really looking forward to this. So, Emily, do you mind just giving listeners a minute or two about your kind of your background? And, and I guess, how come you're, you're joining us for this special episode? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I like an experiment. I'm always up for it. <laughs> so this is exciting. Um, I like to call myself the ghostwriter for Rebels, Renegades, and Mavericks. Uh, so I'm a ghostwriter. I help uh, people write business books mainly, uh, but I also do developmental editing, and that's why I'm here. Uh, so I edited Ketrin's book, uh, Selfless Leadership. And uh, it's really interesting because I got very deep into the subject matter with her reading the book several times and, and putting my edits in it and asking deep questions and all of that kind of thing. Um, but I've, I've never really done the practices myself. Um, so it's fun to be here and to be guided through it. Um, I also, before I was a ghostwriter, I was a philosophy professor. Um, so I guess I'm naturally interested in uh, you know, inquiry and, 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 you know, questions about the mind and how the mind works. So um, I enjoy your podcast, Fierce. So, so I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, Emily, that, that's wonderful. I mean, what a unique place you're in, uh, A, with your, your sort of academic philosophical background, but also having sort of been very involved in Katrin's book, but not necessarily experienced it in the way that we're going to be exploring it today. So well, what a gem that this could be, because um, at one level, you're very familiar, yet we're going to maybe bring a new level of exploring to it. So um, thank you for being up for this. Great is this. Um, Catherine, anything you'd like to say so far as we're, as we're getting into this? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm very excited. Let's see what works and what doesn't. And um, yeah, big experiment. Cool. Yeah. So this is, you're going to have to uh, bear with us on this and uh, we are going to have the edit button as well. So we'll try and make it a seamless listening experience. But what we're going to be doing is something that we call a direct inquiry. And it's probably worth just saying for a minute or two what that is. Now, some people who listen to this podcast may already be a little familiar with the idea, but let, let's, let's start from the beginning. So 
normally the way people explore things, understand things, listen to things, read things is, is done in a way that we've learned how to do from when we were at school, which is we have a kind of conceptual mind. We have a, uh, we understand language. We have a critical mind that likes to evaluate, um, categorize, put things in what it knows so that it, 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 it gains more and more understanding through the concepts. And as we go through life, we develop this conceptual mind that can then evaluate, rationalize and conceptualize. Now we're going to be looking to explore the topic of the mind and actually the human experience from a direct inquiry, which is not using our learnt conceptual mind. It's actually almost akin to imagining you didn't know anything pre-existing about how the mind works or how reality works or what consciousness is and looking at it completely fresh from what we would describe as direct experience, which means what do you actually know in the moment without referencing any belief system? So I sometimes um, nickname this with clients, like imagine uh, a Martian or an alien was asking us about the mind and they don't know anything about what we've been taught at school about science or uh, the brain. What, what would we tell them? So we are going to have to use the conceptual framework of language. Otherwise it will be quite a quiet show. Um, so we are going to use the concepts of language, but in, in direct experience, we're really looking to see in that moment, what is present and what is there without referencing our intellect, which is a little unfamiliar because we've been taught to reference our intellect the whole time. So that's what we're looking at now, just to compare it and contrast to a few of the things that people might think it's similar to just, to, just to help frame this, um, often people would do reflections. So people, some people say, well, I'm a very reflective thinker. Now, when you reflect on something, you tend to be using value judgments and opinions on your experience going, oh yes, I had these thoughts and they're good or bad, or this is what's going on. So we're not putting any value judgment into this. Uh, and it's a little different to a meditation which tends to try and avoid thoughts, depending on what kind of meditation you're doing. So we're not really doing that. We're just inquiring into them without uh, a belief system or, or reference to what we think we might know. Now, Catherine, anything you want to add on the nature of inquiry? No, I think we'll do that somewhere in between or at the end. We'll see um, what happens and and Emily will probably, you will probably have questions as well, what's going on. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, the way we're going to play with this, it's going to be a little bit of a dance because who knows what will happen in the moment, but, um, Catherine's going to kind of lead the inquiry. Uh, I, I will sort of be in the space as well and see what occurs. And then we'll sort of take a little bit of time out to maybe discuss from like a director's commentary, what's going on while Emily carries on inquiring. So, um, as I say, it's real time, it's an exploration, uh, and it would just be fascinating to see what happens. Now, listeners, you can play along at home with this. So whereas we might be directing the questions to Emily, you can, you can do this as you're listening. If you find a quiet moment while you're, while you're um, listening to this podcast and you can play it back a few times. So please join in, uh, and ask yourself the questions that we're asking and uh, see what happens for you. So, um, 
there's, there's no limit. There's an infiniteness to how many people can join us on this. So, um, Emily, Catherine, do we need any more context or are we um, okay just to sort of go for it? Yeah. So, um, Catherine, how would you like to start? So what we're going to do, first of all, is relax our attention. Okay, so um, right now you're both and listeners hearing the sound of my voice. And so the first thing to do is to really focus on the sound of my voice. So you, you hear this and you put all your attention on this sound while I'm speaking. And then in contrast to that, instead of focusing on my, on my voice, you relax the focus of attention and let everything that you hear, but also see and everything you sense, if you have your eyes closed, you won't see anything or just the dark, but everything that you are sensing, experiencing, you let everything be there at the same time. Okay, so you kind of expand your awareness, your attention to include everything. So you're not focusing on something in particular anymore, but you're letting everything appear as it is. And just get a feeling of that, that you can expand your awareness, your attention. And just to contrast that, bring it back now specifically onto my voice. So again, you're focusing on the sound of my voice. And then relax it again and let everything appear. And it's, it's not necessary to close your eyes because if you, keep, if you can keep your eyes open, you will, it's also helpful to see that seeing as well is part of this experience and part of this appearance, okay? So this is where seeing that you can focus your attention and this, this happens automatically. If when you expand the attention, all of a sudden a thought will appear or a sensation will appear and you'll focus back on that. That's totally natural. That's how the human being works, okay? But so we're going to have a look at all these things that appear. Um, we can talk about sounds and other sensations, seeing, hearing, sensations of the body and thoughts, which also appear in the mind. And we're gonna go through them one by one and see what they are, okay? Okay. So, um, and whenever you just, you know, whenever a, a question pops up or you think, Emily, oh, what's going on? Just ask, right? Because that's also where, um, how this happens. So how is the, um, is, is the, the freeing of the attention, the zooming out? Do you get a sense of that? Yeah, it's almost like, um, I feel like turning up the volume or something, mm. turning down the volume and, um, it's hard. I had my eyes closed at first because it was hard to focus on what I was hearing, your voice. Because I think sight can be more distracting than other <laughs> sensations. Yeah. So, so trying to feel all those other sensations, I close my eyes. But I can see why I also want my eyes open. Um, yeah, so we're not trying to concentrate um, right. or focus on anything, right? In, in the right. expanding attention, we're expanding awareness. We're just letting everything appear mm -hmm. as it's already appearing. Okay. But now, if you focus again on the sound of my voice, so these sounds appear in your experience, your hearing, 
something. Do you do this hearing? Is that something you have to do for this sound to appear? No, it's always there. Always it just there. It just appears. Yeah, it just comes up. So hearing is is completely natural. It's it's spontaneous, right? There's a sound, and and you and it's it's heard. The hearing happens. There's no you that needs to do it. And if you focus now on, on, for example, the pixels on your screen, what you're seeing on, on your screen, do you have to do anything for those to appear? Nope. Okay, so, so the impressions that your eyes pick up, seeing happens, right? It's just there. Mm -hmm. And you don't it have does, to do anything. Mm -hmm. It does seem like I direct my sight. Um, yeah, that's that I feel like I have control over. Um, okay, we'll get to control in a second. Okay. <laughs> but there's there are images appearing. <laughs> and you don't have to do anything to make these images appear. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you also feel sensations at the moment. Maybe your your body, your your the feeling of sitting on a chair. So there's some sensations there. Mm -hmm. And these sensations, same question. Do you have to do anything to make these sensations appear? No, they just seem to come up into awareness. And can you make them disappear? Um no. <laughs> they also seem to pop out of existence or out of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just this, this noticing that, that, I mean, it, it's really obvious, right? The, the sounds, the, the, the sensing, the seeing, it's all just there. Right. Now you're telling me that it's there. So you are the one experiencing this. And we'll, we'll go deeper into that. But now the, um, the, the really crucial one is a thought, okay, is thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just focus on the next thought that appears. Did you get one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, same question. Did you do anything to make that thought appear? No. Not at all. It was totally unrelated to what we're doing here. It was, I had a taste of my breakfast earlier. <laughs> yeah. So, so even thoughts, which we especially think we control, they just appear as well in our reality. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff is appearing in this awareness. And when we, when we expand it, right, when we expand, we, we see our attention is not focused on anything in particular. It's all just happening. So what we're going to see is that you are this awareness in which all of this stuff is happening, just as Pierce and I am. So we are that in which all of these things that we mentioned, that we looked at, sensations and thoughts, appear to and within. So now the question is, are you doing awareness? Yeah, that one's harder. I think <laughs> I, I do feel like I'm doing awareness. Um, it feels like I can 
turn my attention in a certain direction. I can be very present with you here, or I can go off into my own thoughts or, you know. Um, okay, but we're not, we're not asking about focus. Okay. okay. So you can focus your, there's a difference between attention you can focus your attention on, as we did in the beginning, the sound of my voice. But the, per, the part of you that says, I focus on this voice. Mm. So, so you are aware of the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. Now, this awareness, can you, can you turn that off? No, I guess not. It's always there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because if you weren't aware, you wouldn't be able to tell, you wouldn't be able, be able to experience any, anything. Right. So this seems like a really tiny little, you know, footnote somewhere, but it's actually quite important. Mm-hmm. Because the thoughts and the sensations, they come and go. Correct? Right. Mm-hmm. We'll have a look at that. Um, do you remember some, some, when you were five years old, something from, I don't know, experience as a five-year-old? Yes, I remember I started school when I was five. I remember going to school, the first day of school. Mm. And so you remember these scenes and, and, and what happened. So the fact that you can tell me that this happened means you were there, you experienced this. Awareness. You were aware to experience that. And then at some point you were 15 and you experienced completely different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can you remember? So it doesn't have to be 15, but around that time. Um, yeah. I remember my first car. That was when I was 16. Um, I remember I got it on Christmas morning. It was a big surprise. I remember sitting in it in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who was, I mean, you were there to experience this car. Mm-hmm. The same you that was there at five years old. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> because you're telling me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been the same me, I guess, if I can remember both of those things and hold them in my, in my memory. Yeah. But what was the same was awareness because your thoughts and your body as a five-year-old were radically different than your thoughts and feelings and and bodily sensations as a Mm 15-year-old. So that's really amazing, isn't it? I mean, the same awareness is here now experiencing you as a we won't name your age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we're that's, always that's here. Mm-hmm. And we call this awareness just to give it a name. But this is, you know, the presence of us, that which hears my voice right now, that, that which sees the screen in your case. That is always present. And that is, that's, you know, we, we asked, can we turn it off? Well, if you, do, if you weren't aware, you wouldn't experience anything. Mm-hmm. Pierce, you look like you're going to say something. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, um, no, I'm, I'm loving the direction you're going. So uh, nothing for me is great. Great so far. Lovely. 
Okay, so we're, um, we've established that we're always aware and that we don't do awareness, right? And that everything else, the experiences that we have come and go all the time. So this awareness, it's like the um, electricity in a fan, you could say. It's the thing that makes us experience reality. And that's, this, these are all words, right? They're concepts and they're never correct, but it's kind of, we try to use metaphors and analogies kind of to get a feeling for that. So another way of thinking about this is saying like the awareness that we are powers, you know, is the electricity that powers the fan of our experience. Mm. Um, so the next kind of thing to go into, if you're still with me, <laughs> is to expand, let your awareness be really, really free again. Okay, so you hear my voice, you're seeing things, you're experiencing sensations. Everything is allowed to be. I mean, it's there anyway, right? That's just what we're experiencing at the moment. And there might be an itch somewhere or we're just letting it all be there at the same time. And then you find you're focusing on something and then you relax your attention again and let everything just be there at the same time while you're hearing my voice, all there at the same time. So let it, let it go as wide as you possibly can. And then the question to ask yourself is, are you located, is this awareness located in your body? Now it feels much more expansive. It feels, it feels like it doesn't have a location. Mm. That's interesting as well. Right, because we kind of assume or learn that awareness is in the body, but it's actually when we look directly, as you just did, you experienced it directly, it's more like the body appears in awareness. Right. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. And so this thing that we call the body, it's really, if we don't give it a name, it's part of this experience, right? It's a bunch of sensations. It's something that you see, maybe you're, you can see your hand or your legs when you look down. But these two, these sensations and these perceptions are appearing in this awareness that you are. Yeah. So we just turned one of the major um, assumptions that we have <laughs> as human beings on our head. So it's actually more true to say that my body, your body, other people, but also myself appear in this experience that is all being perceived <laughs> by this expansive awareness. So is anything wrong? with this awareness? Does it have problems? <laughs> well, I was, I was just thinking that it's a little bit scary. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that that's a problem with awareness, but to think in this new way is scary because I, I <laughs> feel like I've lost my identity if, yes. if I admit that the thing is the awareness and that that's the thing that's, I don't know, real or, um, the 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 deepest part of 
of the universe or or whatever. Um, but you're still here, right? Yep. You okay. didn't disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually it's it's another seemingly obvious statement, but that often takes the fear away, right? Because the fear yeah. is a very normal thought that comes up. Oh no, you know um, my identity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If I'm that and not that, then equation equals zero. Uh, I disappear in a puff of smoke. Yeah. Right. Yes. But we're, we're still here. Mm -hmm. And we always are here. So there's no, I mean, part of this is also understanding there's no need to have the fear. Uh, and it's normal that it comes up because we're so used to believing we're this thought bundle or a bundle of perceptions that we call the body. Okay. So how are we doing so far? Good. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it feels yeah. simple, but it feels like a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, but I mean, what you're pointing out, it's not, it's not like it changes anything. It just, it's just a different way of looking at, at the world. Um, yeah, so the only thing we're doing is moving our um, movie. It's a shift of attention, basically, to something mm -hmm. that is always already there, awareness. But we've identified and limited ourselves to a bunch of thoughts and sensations. Right. Uh, Emily, can I ask you a question just about the last yeah. five minutes, right? So in the last five minutes, you've experienced and noticed this thing that calls awareness that is before everything else. And you also mentioned this fear that came in. Now, which of those two feels more intimate and permanent? The fear or the awareness, the capacity well, for awareness? The capacity for awareness feels more, more real or more, right. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Given I mean, that, she, she just talked me right out of the fear. I thought right. it was easy. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, you said when nothing changes, it's just a different way of looking. But and I'm asking you to imagine something now, but can you imagine what it'd be like if what you've just spotted, that the stuff that comes and go doesn't feel as permanent and as intimate as the awareness itself would do for the future for any sensation and experience yeah it feels like i could almost flip a switch and whatever thought i was having that was causing any kind of negative feeling i could just move away from it i could just expand out and that becomes tiny <laughs> that right. becomes just a piece of of the greater whole and yeah so it feels like that would be a really really easy and nice way to um get yourself out of negative thought negative thinking well well katrin might take you into which i and self you're referring to in that <laughs> um yes because <laughs> no doubt because <laughs> i i yeah it comes in again right <laughs> it's now got a tool and a technique and a flip a switch to flip but it's just fascinating just watching you in the last few minutes, that fear come in and just pop. Mm -hmm. There it went yeah. In, yeah. In, in seconds, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very powerful. Mm -hmm. Catherine, I'll let you get back into your, your flow. 
Okay, let's just see. Um, yeah, so um, always coming back to this expanded awareness. Okay, it's always there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whenever you check, right? Ah, I am aware. I'm present. I can expand this attention and let everything just be there at the same time. So we established in the beginning, and we'll go over this again. So now in whatever amount of time, milliseconds, the next thought will appear. And let me know when it appeared. <laughs> yes, it's here. <laughs> okay, so you didn't make it appear, right? Right. Can you make your thoughts quiet? or slow them down or increase them? No, it doesn't, I, have, I feel very torn about this. Um, I think, yeah, but, but I mean, so I'm thinking about meditation and I'm thinking about um, when I try to reduce my thoughts when I'm meditating. Um, but then I have, then I think about the days when I'm very successful meditating and days when I'm not so successful at getting rid of those thoughts. And I can't say that there's, you know, a, a, a lack of effort on the days where it's not, not happening, where the thoughts are flowing in and out. Um, so, so if you could control your thoughts, if you were doing that, doing the thinking, if you were the thinker, mm -hmm. you would be able to control your thoughts. Seems like it. Yep. Yeah, that makes <laughs> yeah. sense, right? And the fact sense. that you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Suggest that I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So that's interesting. So these thoughts that we identify with and that, you know, we were just talking about negative thoughts or, or emotions or whatever, mm. which are related, right? Mm -hmm. um, we think we're doing them, but we actually very easily can establish that we're not. Yeah. So in this, in this, what you're experiencing at the moment, and there's coming and going, and thoughts is just one example, you know, we could talk about sounds, as we did in the beginning, other sense perceptions, sensations, pain in your leg, what you would call pain in your leg. Mm -hmm. That's much easier to see that that just appears, right? And that we don't do that because we don't want the pain in the leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> So with sensations, we often have an e easier time of seeing, well, this just happens. Thoughts is often a bit more difficult, but we'll go back to this a couple of times. But so going back to this whole thing, everything that's just happening right here, in all of that, where is Emily? <laughs> um. Yeah, I want to say nowhere. <laughs> yeah, nowhere and everywhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? I mean, the, yeah. we refer to ourselves as a person, right? As as this character, but when we actually look in direct experience, you have to say, "I don't know," right? I can't find this person. 
And again, you think, well, if this person, this character exists that we call Emily, Emily at least should be able to find Emily. <laughs> right. One would hope, yeah. But you're still here. You didn't disappear. Right? Which is important to see at the same time. Yeah. So nothing changes. We're not, we're not making something go away. We're not doing magic tricks. Right. We're just seeing, oh, look, I'm here. I'm experiencing things. And in this, exp this vast experience, crazy experience, most of which I can't control, all of which <laughs> I can't control. When I look for the Emily character, the person I think I am, I can't find one. So you're not in the body-mind, you're not stuck, you are not in this body and mind that people call Emily, <laughs> but you are the awareness that is observing that, experiencing that. So now normally all sorts of thoughts should be coming up. Yes. <laughs> yes. You want to share one? Yeah, I'm, I'm one, the, the, the thing that's sticking is that I have thoughts. Well, there are thoughts <laughs> that you aren't aware of in me well maybe not in me but mm -hmm. but there seem to be thoughts that i can't don't have access to that exist um and that you don't have access to and i don't know i guess i'm wondering where those thoughts are <laughs> or something along those lines okay but this is a this is an idea right the only thing yep. you can you can see or experience is your experience which yeah. is the thoughts appearing in your experience. Yeah. So we hear all sorts of stuff, right? We hear about telepathy or aliens or um, the Sumerians. Um, this is all not happening right now. True. Emily, from, from direct experience, how do you know you have thoughts you're not aware of? Oh, I don't. I don't think I have them. I think there are thoughts in the world that I'm. But how do you aware. know that? Oh, um, I guess I guess that's in itself an idea, a thought, a belief. Um, right. Yeah, which you learned somewhere or heard somewhere. Yeah. At some point. True. True. So this is interesting because the brain. If we want to look at it this way, right, the brain is kind of like a hard drive and it picks up information, data, all through our lives. And then it plays it back. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this might be something, oh, there are thoughts that I'm not aware of, may have been a concept that you learned, I don't know, heard somewhere or read somewhere 10 years ago, and now it's being played back right. in the mind. Right. Like this idea of a subconscious. Mm -hmm. 
we have thoughts in our subconscious. That's just an idea. Yeah, now I'm thinking and wondering how this will change my day to day <laughs> and how it changes how I think about other people and how I think about uh, the way they affect their thoughts affect me or they affect me. And yeah, and so you see when when these thoughts come up, you you attach your attention to them, right? You're focused right. on them. Then usually what happens is there's a whole train of thoughts that mm -hmm. you follow. And at the same time, while you're telling me this, you are aware of this, that this is happening, right? This is your experience. And yeah. later you could tell somebody else who wasn't here that you had this train of thoughts about what will change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're always also aware. And what we're trying to point to is that that is what we are, not the train of thoughts. Right. So does that eventually stop? <laughs> no. Well, what do you think? <laughs> no, no, because I'm not in control of any of it. <laughs> yeah, but that's an important insight, right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so I think there's a question behind that question, which is like, so what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, is a question we've been taught to ask and constantly check for relevancy. Yeah. <laughs> While we're in direct experience, there's no relevant, you know, we're just having a direct experience. And as soon as we pop out a direct experience, the mind one knows what will happen in the future. So what? Yeah. Again, that will all come, that will all emerge when it emerges. For now, we just want to be in this direct experience. I mean, they're great questions, by the way, but can you, I guess, spot, spot the difference between the thought train that comes in that you jump onto, because that's familiar. Yeah. And this sort of slightly less conventional thing that Katrin was pointing you to this awareness, which is a space, not a content. And how much yeah. more familiar it is to play with the content than it is with the space. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know what to do with the space. I, <laughs> I feel like there's something that needs to be done. Um, Again, a thought, right? Oh, yes. I need to do something. How do I use yes. it? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so right now, just in this moment, can you go back to this awareness? Yes. So it's all just there, right? It's, it's yeah. never gone. It's, it's just a shift of, of where right. am I? You could say you take your stand there, you move into it, even though that's not really true because it's already there. Yeah. <laughs> you already are it, so you can't exactly. move into what you already are. But right. Yes, yes. It's more yes. that you drop the thoughts or, or you, don't, you don't attach your attention to them. So right now, just while we're doing this and you notice a thought coming up, the next one, Right. The next one will be maybe another question. Try to just drop your attention from it. Okay. 
yeah, it's almost like finding a space and expanding the space or just dropping down, <laughs> dropping down into, into the space. Which is already there. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we use language, so it always sounds like we're doing something, even when right. we're not, you know, so okay. I'm going, I'm moving into the space, which, which is how language works, yes. especially English. Yeah. Um, but really, it's actually the space or, or awareness is becoming aware of itself. Yeah, it's hard to talk about. I'm, <laughs> I'm having trouble talking about it. <laughs> yes. That's a good sign. <laughs> it feels like words don't don't capture but it's also very familiar isn't it yeah mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel like a, a tug of war really or a battle it feels feels nice it feels easy so actually all this time we've just been ignoring that or, or no, put a different way. We've put all our attention on the thoughts, the sensations. Yeah. That we've forgotten that we're also that which is aware of the thoughts and the sensations. Right. Actually, we are that which is aware and the thoughts and the sensations are the ones that come and go. So it's like we, you know how trains pass through a station? Mm -hmm. And we've been jumping on all these trains permanently. So we're always in a train. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we actually are is the station. And when you're always in these trains, you don't see the station anymore because you have the feeling that you're constantly moving on these trains, but you're actually the station in which the trains come and go. Mm. Another just analogy to make it. Yeah. yeah. That makes What's happening? Oh, I'm just playing around with <laughs> with trying to exist in that space. And do you have to do something for that? Do you have to try to do something? No, it's just feeling it, I guess. So in the big, yeah, go ahead. It's like, it's like turning down the volume on, on the thoughts and turning up the volume on sensation or something. Okay. That's sometimes what it can feel like because mm -hmm. that's what's happening. What will be interesting is maybe later when you're, you know, when there are lots and lots of thoughts or lots of sensations going on, you're still aware of them. Mm -hmm. You're always aware of them. There's always awareness experiencing your experience. This is really a fundamental difference to mindfulness, right, which we discussed in the beginning, because in mindfulness, there's sometimes the idea that I have to empty my mind or 
I'm trying to get, you know, stopping monkey mind or calming my thoughts and things like that. And we are so used to hearing this that we automatically put that type of goal on things. Yeah. But one of the things to see here is that no matter what your mind is doing, you can be going batshit crazy. You are aware of it. It's always, you're always there experiencing it. Yes. I see that. So if you don't, if you wouldn't think any thoughts, suppose that happens. Mm -hmm. Suppose you just stop thinking. Can you have a problem? Nope. <laughs> that came quickly. <laughs> clear. That's very clear. Problem is a thought. <laughs> yeah, the problem is not even the thought, but the believing, the latching onto the thought. Right. So you're 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 boarding a train and and taking yeah. a ride on the train. Yeah. And, and which thought do you think causes us the biggest problems, Emily? What's the mo one of the most persistent, consistent thoughts we have? Um, or at, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not doing enough. And actually, if you just take the first part of those sentences, mm -hmm. I am. <laughs> Yeah. There's a whole series of things that can come after the am. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I am. I, we can even go to one letter. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty persistent, consistent thought, but it is, well, does it look different to the other thoughts that you might have? A thought about breakfast, does it look different? No. It just appears. It's not something I control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we chuck? <laughs> Catherine, should we let Emily just have a little moment? Yes. For a minute or two, and we'll just, I don't know, do a little sidebar. So, what? Well, obviously, Emily's still going to be listening, but that's fine. Um, and she can then reflect on anything she likes. So as you were doing this, what, what, what was occurring for you as, as, uh, when you were in this space, what, what was, what were you noticing? Well, I always, you know, go there myself, even though it's not going anywhere, but it's, it's always, I try to, um, or it's, it's a reminder, um, as I'm going along, it's, it's speaking from my direct experience so that that's always interesting to see that there's as as we go along more and more um presence and pauses just seem to come up so uh in in the beginning is it's kind of more more guided and then it's it gets more to oh the questions that come up in in emily's mind um and we go from there so yeah 
Mm. And I think it's it, the very simple phenomena or fact of asking someone to unhook or demerge the space of awareness from the content of their thoughts, sensations, and perceptions is quite unusual for us, for most of us in, in, in the modern Western world, but we don't really do that. So the first thing we're saying is, okay, pull apart. That's actually, if we were to put it in language, two parts to them to, to experience. There's the content and the space or the capacity. And we're so used to the tangible, shiny bits of the, of the thoughts, the nature, what's in, what's in, what am I thinking of, or what's my perception of, you know, and to me, it's like a, the metaphor I often point to is, is the sky and the weather and, and we get fascinated by the weather and we think they're synonymous. We think the sky and the weather are the same thing, but they're not. One of them stays, it's always there. And then the other one sort of comes and goes within it. But I don't think we're just, we're just not, it's not conventional for us to pull apart awareness and the content, the capacity for awareness and the content of awareness. And this is often where then people say, well, um, you know, who've, who've understood this deeply say, well, that's not true. There's just everything yeah. and you can't separate it. But this initial separation is really, really important because otherwise we're saying, you know, as a separate, believing in a separate self, in a separate in identity, we're saying, well, I'm everything. That's just egomania. That's not what we're after. <laughs> so um, it's really important first to create the, the distance, um, the demarcation. Yeah, and, and then you, you go the Vedanta than the Tantra, as they would say. So you, so you pull it apart and it comes back because it, it never went apart. So it's, it's an artificial separation. But yeah. I think it's so helpful just in this first inquiry or these just to, oh, wow. Yeah, there is a difference because they're, they're so merged, aren't they? They're so integrated for us um, usually. And, and they are because because they are, <laughs> but but I think as an inquiry, it's useful to pull them apart. I think what I really found interesting was that automatically also this this aspect of the doer came up, um, because often in these in these types of approaches, people you know can follow along with okay, I'm not my thoughts and I'm not, um, but I am doing something right. So I need to now manage this process or become really good at it or. Um, sit with my feelings or some form of doing that I'm now supposed to, some self-development thing is supposed to come out of this. Um, and that I found interesting that we also, you know, I think clearly saw that, that, well, no, these things just happen and whatever's going to, you know, there's no doer to do anything with this, to sit with the thoughts, to quiet the mind, to find the observer, to uh, become awareness. <laughs> um, none of that is actually possible. Yeah, and you almost have to add that bit in. Yeah. The, oh, I'll quiet it down or I'll drop into it or I'll drop out of it. You know, you almost have to add, that's additive. That wasn't there in the default, but was so conditioned to do that, that this space can't stay just a space for very long without something jumping in <laughs> and wanting to get involved. And, oh, this, this, you know, so that's really normal. Just spotting that is powerful. Just the noticing. Hmm.
Emily, anything been wandering away for you? Uh, that it, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but anything been wandering away for you as we've been chatting? Yeah, I think that doer point is really interesting because it is very hard to get away from that thought. Um, it's because I, I, you know, I see this practice as being beneficial and if it's beneficial, then either I want to live in that space all the time, or I want to use it for when, you know, when, when an upsetting thought comes up or something like that. And then if I'm looking at it as a way to fix things or, you know, make things better in my life, then it's hard to get away from the action taking or the self-development. Um, this is really important. This is really important. So how did this inquiry happen? How did it occur? Why are we here? <laughs> um, um, I don't know. It just, it just did. <laughs> yeah, there was, you know, some contact on LinkedIn and then this happened, right? <laughs> right, right. And then what happened in this conversation? How did that happen? I mean, you, at some point you looked at awareness and it was yeah. there and... Yeah, the same just popped, comes into, comes into awareness. So it's really important to see that there is no, it's actually not possible for, there is no you to do anything. So you cannot rest or go there or okay. going there happens. <laughs> but you're always already there because there's always something experiencing your experience. <laughs> and, and just go back to when you said it's hard to st- I think you said to drop the thought of the doer. We said something like that. Yeah. What's hard? How do you know what's hard? (laughs) I, I, I feel like I need to try. Yeah. I feel like I have to make it happen. And, And what, what, indirect experience determines whether that feels easy, hard, or, or, or something to do. How, how, do, how would we know, how would you know that, that it's hard or? I guess I notice myself attaching to the thought. And would it be a different sensation about that thought than dropping the thought about liking broccoli? No. <laughs> but what, what, let's, let's take a thought you don't care about, like, well, what's something you, you're indifferent to? Oh, uh, I guess whether it's raining outside. Right. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then take the thought of you dropping the doer. Mm-hmm. Take those two. Mm-hmm. Now, do they have sensational differences to them? Sen- the sensation? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's what we would label, right? Yeah. One feels harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One feels more significant. Mm-hmm. Right. So the mind has come in. If, if, if an alien said, how do you know which is which? <laughs> yeah. You'd have to go, well, I labeled one. Right. Hard. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and one's indifferent. Yes. Yes. That's 
because one is about me. <laughs> well, you, that's an idea. That's the end of that idea in too. Yes. You then yes. justified why the one's hard. Yes. It, it wasn't there before. It wasn't why it was hard. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're just different sensations. Yeah. And this is going on all the time. And, and there's a me being put into this you know, the thoughts come up and then there's a thought about the thought, which refers to a me, which is a, a further thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> and remember when we looked for the me, for the, for Emily. So does that mean there's no goal? A goal for whom? Right. Well, goals may emerge, but there's no goal. Well, how how would you, what would have to be true? And we're talking about consistent and eternal here, rather than come and go for there to be a goal. What would have to happen? I would have to be the goal. <laughs> or the goal. I guess the goal would be the awareness. The goal goal would be. But what would the goal arise in? Right. If the goal was awareness, you can't have awareness arising in awareness. No. It's already... <laughs> Right, right. So the goal is another sensation, another thought. Mm-hmm. And they will emerge. Sure. You might have a thought that goes, oh, I'm going to try and run faster on my 5K today. Yeah. I'm not saying we won't, of course we have goals emerging. Yeah. But they're nothing to do with the fundamentals. Right, right. Of intimately and eternally what we are. They're nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You could even go further and say they're completely parallel, kind of like an, you know, an extra layer added on top of reality is just, I'm, you know, I'm going, I'm apparently (laughs) going on a run today, which apparently in my mind is being thought about as part of the plan goal to run a 5k. But what's really just happening is body running. And a bunch of thoughts. So there's always aware experience. And then there's within that, the whole endless knot, Gordian knot of thought that references itself. So it kind of feels like a big, you know, knot or an entity. It feels like an entity, the self, because it's so, so many of these thoughts are familiar and recurring and they reference each other. And you talk about yourself in your, to yourself yeah that makes it even more seemingly real but if you look at it if you slice it up and then really look at it it's all just a further thought which appears without you controlling it or doing it so can you be aware of a goal Yes, I think so. Right. 
So if you can be aware of it, okay. is it fundamental and consistent or does it come and go? It comes and goes. Right. <laughs> so there's a very simple kind of rule of thumb is, right. can I be aware of it? Right. Oh yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it comes and goes. The same with me, that this Emily I and Piers and Katrin idea. Yeah. Am I aware of me? Oh, yeah, so I am. There's nothing permanent or true about something you can be aware of. Right. But what is always there and is permanent is what we for lack of a better word, call awareness. So it's actually much more logical to conclude that that is what we are than this whole, you know, bunch of changing goals and thoughts and sensations. So if we ask you the question, Emily, who are you? You may have heard that one in philosophical cycles <laughs> once or twice, but I'd love to know right now after us chatting for 45 minutes, Yeah, who are you? Just ask yourself that question fresh now. Yeah. Very hard because I don't want to use I. Um. I want to say I am awareness. <laughs> well, you can say, say that. But that doesn't seem right. That doesn't, that doesn't seem right. Um, well, say what you're like, not. Awareness, it's often easy to say what you're not. So say what you're not. <laughs> I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my sensation. Um, and everything I think about myself is a proper sensation. Um, I, I keep, I, I've been thinking about Descartes, you know, I think therefore I am. Um, and this really turns that entirely on its head. Because um, the, the thoughts aren't, aren't what makes us real. Um, maybe in some sense, <laughs> the container of thoughts, <laughs> you know, I'm, I am the container of thoughts. Maybe that's a way to say it. Hmm. it's not easy to describe it it's not easy but if but a sensing maybe more than an expression yeah yeah yeah, I think when when Catherine says, you know, we're still here, <laughs> um, that seems that seems right. Uh, so it's hard to describe <laughs> in what sense. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to do what I just told said don't, which is expressive. But in that sensing, do you get a notion of what that bigger eye? is in, in terms of the attributes, does, how does it f- 
feel and sense? Does it just, does it have any attributes to it? And even in the lightest, most widest terms, does it, that, that, this, what I truly am, does it, do you get any, any sensation of it, of the nature of it? I mean, just being, it just, mm. just existence. But does it have any notion to it? Does it have any essence to it? And I'm going to ask, you know, I guess if you were to put some words, even very loose descriptive words to it, attributes to that essence. What's coming to mind is sort of big, <laughs> expansive, um, full, um, I don't know, it both feels without content and entirely full of content. Um, mm. um, yeah, words, words keep escaping me. Mm. No, 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 but j yeah. just to give the loosest of lightest of yeah. descriptions and, and none of the words are ever yeah. adequate or, or, or accurate in this, but generally people would, if I, generalized people would say words like that rather than oh it's horrible oh it's restrictive oh it's yeah. they don't tend yeah. to use those words when they're describing they were it. true that's right. <laughs> they're that's big right. expansive yeah I, yeah as you said it, it's yeah. full and empty at the same time i mean <laughs> wow <laughs> um yeah it, it it and it's remarkable isn't it katrin how similar those those descriptive words although they're always a little bit nuanced different depending on someone's how they what, when they're pointing how they describe it yeah and it depends on how much spiritual literature they've read because <laughs> some people jump straight to love or uh, <laughs> consciousness universe but it, but it, but if they <laughs> haven't got that kind of flavor to their language then it, it is those those, those words as a direction. Mm. I, I think for me, the, the, the adjectives that it's, it's always this sense of a complete aliveness or, or living or reality with, with something pulsating. <laughs> that's mm. that's uh, the, the qualities that jump out to me um, most easily. But yeah, it's, it's indescribable. But what I find very interesting is that when you then contrast that to this feeling of being a person, being a body and a mind, mm -hmm. you immediately feel this, this restriction and this, oh, now I'm stuck in this body and, and I have this personality and this character and now I'm me. <laughs> and it feels so restrictive in comparison. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to know whether we're the former, not the latter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and also what's beautiful listeners, if you're doing this at home, uh, or wherever you might be, you can do this exercise or, or one like it five times, 10 times, 50 times, and 
there'll be similarities and huge differences in what might turn up for you because there's no answer. There's no right. There's no wrong. It, it's not a, it's not a finite get. It's not like learning the cities of the capital cities of the world, you know, that there's even in doing the inquiry itself, it's not really about the answer that pops out. It's the process, I guess, if you want to call it a process is remarkably therapeutic in itself, even though we're not doing it for a gain or anything like that. It's just fascinating. The space that arises within us just in 10 minutes, which is why people sort of try and do med meditation or mindfulness. And, and we are making a distinction. Um, but I think direct inquiry has a, it's a slightly more progressive transformative effect the more you do it because we are not looking to get rid of thought or to focus on one thought in order to try and get rid of thought we're just pointing the self back in on itself and after a while it gets tired of chasing its tail and that doer idea just wears itself out <laughs> it will try for a bit right it likes chasing its tail quite a lot but it, and then then you just find it so much easier just to flick in to the, not that that's the goal but it, it's fascinating isn't it the cumulative effect of doing this inquiry so the little me is a little conscious of time and it feels wrong to say should we bring this to an end but um <laughs> emily katrin anything you'd like to sort of say as we might be drawing this part of emergence to, to a close? Uh, one, one thing that's really important is that even now when, when you do that, even when you do this and, and there's direct experience of it, the, the mind wants to put it in a box. So the mind says, ah, that was the practice of seeing awareness. Well, let's put that there. And I now know what that is. And then, you know, <laughs> so for for me as well, it's it's again and again. It's always something fresh. Um, it's always oh okay yeah that's how it is. Um, I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but that was what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we do this and we go back into our life and this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So. And I always say to people, rather than do this for half an hour or an hour, you know, just, just take a minute every hour and just spot the real timeness of this. Yeah. And from my book, right, there's the, uh, we, <laughs> we know the, the concept of, of doing this with effortless effort. So in the beginning, there is an effort in the sense of you have to figure out, oh, there's something, there's a practice. You can actually do that. Uh, and you could do it once an hour instead of, you know, half a try for half an hour. But at a certain point, the, the practice starts doing itself. So it's because there is no doer. So it's either going to happen or not. But yeah, that's something that we find out. So Emily, anything you'd like to say? Um, I, I'll just say that I can feel the transformation. You know, I think even in a short time, just thinking, just, just thinking about this or experiencing it 
um, I can definitely feel my body feels different. Um, I, uh, I will definitely, you know, keep it in mind. And I know that, I know that my brain will go back to it. I know that I'll have, I'll have that, you know, it will, it will come up again and I'll do, I'll do the zoom out, you know, I'll, 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 I'll do that during my day. Um, so I, I know from that perspective that it will, this has changed, you know, how I, how I view myself in the world. Wow. Cool. <laughs> and I just want to thank you for, well, thank you both for your part in this because I've absolutely loved it. Um, I don't want to do a normal podcast ever again. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this is the way forward. So I want to just thank you for, um, both cool. what, what you brought to this. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. That's good. Mm. And we'd all love to know people who've been doing this, uh, listening along and whether that's today or next year. And, and we'd love to know the feedback from people, what it's like. So the, re the reason we didn't just do it and not record it is because we'd love to know what, what else people saw on this. Cause I think it's such a valuable thing to do. So, um, we'd want any feedback, comments, observations. And uh, even maybe Catherine, if we carry on doing this, we, we'd ask for more people to come and have a play with us. So listeners, it's always about being curious, but really explore this one. Really, you might need to listen to it a couple of times, I'd say. So have fun being curious. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to know more, check out our website at qualityofmind.biz. And also feel free to reach out and leave us a review or a comment. Until next time, have fun being curious. <laughs>